Welcome to the Scottish Business Network podcast. Hello, I'm Fraser Allen. Welcome to episode 56, and your ears did not deceive you. Those were indeed the opening bars of In the Bleak Midwinter, performed by the composer Chris Tolley, a previous guest on the show and the man behind our usual opening music. You can hear the carol performed in full at the end, discover how Chris came to record it for this year's Alzheimer Scotland Christmas concert, and also how you can listen to the whole concert online. This is the last episode before Christmas and the last of this very odd year. So there is a festive flourish about it, plus a sense of reflection and also a very strong international theme. After our main interview, a number of Scottish Business Network's global ambassadors will be briefly sharing some of the lessons they have learnt this year. But before that, we have a fantastic guest for our main interview. Claire Alexander swam for Scotland as a teenager before an awful accident wrecked her hopes of competing at the Commonwealth Games and the London Olympics. When she recovered, she turned to football, competing at a high level before having to abandon her career due to injury. A series of events then led her to move to South Africa, where she ended up washing dishes in a kitchen for a few pence an hour. From there, she has gone on to establish Firecracker, one of South Africa's leading events and marketing businesses, and set up the Africa Scotland Business Network, forging links between the African continent and her homeland. Claire is a sparky, charismatic woman, brimming with energy, and I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to her. I interviewed Claire on the 9th of December, which would have been the 78th birthday of one of Scotland's greatest football captains, Billy Bremner, the slightly vague relevance of which will become clear later. Claire Alexander, a very warm welcome to you. Thanks so much, Fraser, for having me on the show. I'm honoured. Well, uh, the honour is all ours. And it's a typical December day here in Scotland. It's very grey and dank. Um, so I want to start, I imagine the weather is a lot nicer with you, with you, Claire. So can you tell us a bit about the view from your window and perhaps some of the things you might be doing later on today? Yeah, sure. So we are going into summer in the Southern Hemisphere. I am approximately 15 kilometres up the west coast from beautiful Table Mountain. If I was in my office in Woodstock in the in the city bowl, I would have a beautiful view of Table Mountain and the train tracks. But we're, our team are all working from home right now. So I am in the suburbs and all I can see is su- suburban houses. So it's actually not that interesting. But the sun is shining and the sky is blue. So I cannot complain. Oh, very jealous. It sounds lovely. And, and very different from, you know, where you grew up in Stirling. Um, so let's let's go right back there. What was your childhood like, Claire? And what, what did you dream of doing as a career? And also, what I'm wondering what kind of qualities you might have inherited from your parents. Yeah, sure. Interesting question. So I grew up in a little village called Menstrie, which is just outside Stirling in Scotland. And I'm actually the daughter of a pest controller and a swimmer. Like, what a combo to set you up for. <laughs> and I had, they gave me a brilliant childhood. You know, I came from a pretty normal Scottish family. My childhood was very much outdoors, especially, you know, my mum's influence being a competitive champion swimmer. Um, So, yeah, from that perspective, I had a very active 
a very active childhood. I had lots of mates around me as well. In fact, those friends that I grew up with in Menstrie, they're still like my best friends today because our parents all still live there. So I, I grew up in a very kind of safe community. Um, and I suppose um, from a sporting perspective, I took after my mum, Fraser. I actually began swimming pretty full on from six years old. Um, so I took after my mum in that respect. So all through my childhood, into my youth, throughout my high school career, all I wanted to do was become a champion swimmer. And I was on track to, well, I did compete for Scotland, but I wanted, you know, entering my 20s, I wanted to compete in the Commonwealth Games. I obviously had the Olympics on the horizon. But um, that was actually um, pulled from under my feet very quickly no thanks to a head-on car crash uh, by a drunk driver. Oh, so God. the swimming career, and my mum by this time was a, a very highly respected world um, swimming coach. She spent a lot of time on the Scottish national team as well. And yeah, my mum and myself and my mum nearly died when I just when God. I before I turned seventeen. What a Terrible uh, thing for you and your mother to, to go through. I, I take it then that was was at the end of your swimming career? Yeah, absolutely. The injuries that I sustained, um, I actually jumped out the car before the, the impact, which probably saved my life. Right. Um, so, yeah, I shattered vertebrae in my back. I broke my tibula. And I couldn't, the amount of time that it would have taken me to get back up to swimming at a high performance level again, it, it would have been far too long. Right. So I actually, when I could start to walk again, I actually took up football, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> of course, one of uh, Scotland's greatest football captains, Billy Bremner, came from Stirling as well. So must be something in the in the air there. So how, how far did you take the football then, Claire? Yeah, sure. Billy Brimner, what what a blast from the past. <laughs> I actually played for Sterling Albion Fraser. I saw an an advert in the local paper that was they were holding trials for, for girls. And I thought, do you know what? I need to do something. You know, I was still I was just leaving school at the time. I was recovering and I needed to like get back into a sport. And I thought, right, let me just give this a whack. And then after the trial, the coach came to me and said, I'm going to make you my new right winger. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because I hate running and I've got the tiniest <laughs> leg ever. But I could whack a ball, like, <laughs> from the right wing. So, yeah, I became Sterling Albion's right winger. I played with the most fantastic girls. A lot of them played for Scotland. And then... Our team actually got bought over by the Benetti brothers. I don't know if anyone remembers them from Dundee. So I played for Dundee for another year. It was absolutely fantastic. And then when I moved to Glasgow, I moved back to Glasgow. I used to swim for Glasgow. Um, so it was kind of like going back in a circle with my sport. I played for a couple of uh, teams in Glasgow when I went to study at Strathclyde. I qualified for the Scottish National University team on the right wing. 
so yeah, I had a I had a really really good five years playing football. Um, but when I went down to compete for Scotland in Bath against Northern Ireland, I went quite hard in to attack all. And you know, when you're playing for your country, your adrenaline's pumping. You you obviously want to win. So I went like pretty hard into this girl to get the ball off her, and I I knew I had damaged my ankle, my foot, but I kept playing. And um, yeah, I played for another like 15 minutes and I had to come off the pitch. And yeah, I had actually indeed like completely bust my foot and my ankle. Um, So that kind of put a stop to the the football career. But at least I got a good, good few years playing at high level. So you achieved a lot at a sporting level at an early age. And the, the big question then is is what took you from Sterling to South Africa via an increasingly successful career in events? Yeah, well, it's actually quite a cliche story. I met a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After university, I went, you know, I did the kind of backpacking thing. I went to spend some time in Australia for a while. And then when I came back, I got a job with Scottish... um, Southern Energy, they owned Scottish Hydroelectric at the time. So that kind of got me quite involved and interested in the energy sector. And I met a South African guy in the company and we just decided, you know, let's let's try South Africa. My, my boss at the time, a fantastic guy called Sean, he said, Claire, if you, we don't want to lose you, so if, if you move to South Africa... I'm going to like set you up with a, a commission-based job to to recruit South Africans into the company because there was quite a lot of South Africans at the time that could work on the, the two-year UK visa. Um, to cut a story, about nine months later, I gave them both up and then I moved to Cape Town. I was pretty skint at the time. I literally had a backpack And I decided to, you know, you can't come to South Africa without going to Cape Town. So I decided to just like chill out a bit before I went back to Scotland. And um, I'm still here 14 years later. (laughs) (laughs) So how did the the business come about then? You set up this events business called Firecracker. Yeah, so it's quite an interesting um, progress through the jobs, if you like, in South Africa. So... I just kind of went with the flow, Fraser. You know, I had nothing to prove. I didn't know anyone. It was almost a great opportunity for me to just kind of really, really find my authentic self with no pressure. And I actually, I posted about this on LinkedIn last week, actually. My first job was actually washing dishes. I was literally getting paid 50 pence an hour. From there, I started meeting, um, you know, business people who used to come into the the bar to to have a coffee, and then I just started like holding on to every business card that I got and just, you know, be nice to people, getting to know them, and then one of the one of the prominent local businessmen in the area, he actually employed me as as his office skivvy, and he could see that I was pretty pretty comfortable um, in front of people, even though I didn't actually speak his home language, which is Afrikaans. And he said, Claire, would you be happy just getting involved with our events? And I said, yeah, no problem. You know, I've never done this before, but I'm sure I can work it out. 
So I started managing his events for him. And then on one of his events, that is when another uh, gentleman who ran an NGO in Cape Town, he hired me. So that got me to, back to Cape Town because I was working in quite a small community called Parl. And from there, I then got headhunted by um, a former Springbok player who asked me to go and work for him and help him do the events for his new charity. So, of course, you're not going to knock a, a an opportunity like that down. So, And then I spent two and a half years with Bob Skinstad and then... I went into corporate events for a while and that's when I learned, geez, you know, I can do things so much better. And uh, as quite a lot of entrepreneurs do. Um, and then I'd, by this time, I had met my business partner, Nicola, or my business partner to be. And I had said to her, listen, I'm going to start my own events company, but I don't just want to be this random events manager. I want to have like all the systems and all the creative services that we need to offer a really, really brilliant quality, holistic service. So I need someone that's strong in marketing and I need a designer. So that's exactly what we did. We took 50 rand, which is about two or three pounds. And we went into First National Bank and we opened up a business bank account and Firecracker Marketing and Events was born in 2012. So that's how we began. It's so exciting, isn't it? Those first few days of starting a new business. And eight years on, I mean, the business has gone from strength to strength. But of course, in in this strangest of years, what do you do when you're running an events company? So if you get us up to, to speak, clear with how you built the company up yeah. to, to this year and then how you adapted yeah, sure. So there's no barriers to entry in the events industry. So you really, really have to differentiate yourself. So we did that with offering an in-house service with really, really top class graphic design and event marketing capabilities. But we actually built our name and our business on word of mouth. 90% of our business came from word of mouth, which is a good and a bad thing, Fraser, because in a good way, it's testament to what you're actually producing for clients. On the on the negative side of the scale, it, it probably made us a bit complacent. But we kept going. You know, we always had brilliant clients. We learned our lessons. We nearly crashed once about four years later. But we proved to ourselves that we could um, grab the bull by the horns and build the business back up to where it needed to be. So... We always knew that we we knew how to grow a business and, and put it back together. And then COVID hit. And 70% of our income was from event management revenue. So what we did was basically flip over the services that we offer. And we pushed marketing and graphic design and our digital competencies to the front, to the forefront of our service offering. So we changed our website, we put sales packages together, we offered really, really affordable creative services. Um, I actually consulted uh, a Scottish company, uh, one of my mates works in there, but I spoke to Claire Kinlock of Genoa Black. She, uh, so I actually took our ADAP 
uh, our adaption strategy. I'm trying not to say the word pivot because it's so over. So yeah, I had I had a consultation with Claire and she tweaked our strategy and I literally just we hammered it. We 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 must have sent about we must have sent about five hundred emails to say this is what we're doing. You know, we're completely open to work, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it and it worked. We got clients from America, from the UK. And we also looked overseas, Fraser, because of the strength in the currency. We knew that the South African currency was gonna gonna like go through the floor. So we looked to overseas market for the first time actually, and it worked out really, really well. So now, in fact, one of the clients from America, they are still with us today, which is fantastic. Um we try and work with a partnership ethos, so our clients are long term. And it, it worked, and we're still here today. In fact, in 2021, we're getting, like, I'm literally putting systems in to scale back up again. So, yeah, it's exciting stuff. The second half of the interview continues in a few seconds after this. Do you need a communications expert to help you with your marketing, brand storytelling, or strategic content? Find out what I, Fraser Allen, can provide at www alancoms.co.uk that's alan with two l's and an e and comms with two m's well that's that's brilliant to to hear also the reason that um some people listening will have heard of you already is that you last year you set up another business which is called the uh, the africa scotland business network uh, and despite the crisis, I believe this has really started well. You've got a lot of members now. So, Claire, what is the point of this network and why did you set it up? Yeah, sure. So, during probably f- for about five years, I've always had this notion in my head that I'm going to connect Africa and Scotland, obviously being my home country somehow. Um, a lot of people in Africa and even in government they'll say, oh, Scotland, okay, what what happens there? And I, I've spent quite a lot of time explaining to like pretty high-profile people here that, you know, Scotland punches above its weight in terms of our expertise and our economy. You know, we're one of the most educated force, um, talent. We've got some of the most educated talent in Europe. So I always had this thought that was like lingering in the back of my head, but For entrepreneurs, I'm a big believer in divine timing. Yes, we do have the ability and the competencies. Like, you know, I could start another business tomorrow if I wanted, but you've got to be smart in life. You've got to have, you know, long-term visions in business. And one day I was sitting in my car, I was going to work, and Cyril Ramaphosa, the South African president, came on the radio and he he was basically... Um, he was basically begging for foreign investment and I sat there and I thought right this is the time you know firecracker is up and running I've got great people around me in South Africa I am going to use my skills I'm going to use my nationality and I'm going to do something about this dream that I have in my head now I'm not an international business expert Fraser I tell everyone the I'm, you know, I'm pretty explicit about that. But what I do have, um, what I'm very competent in, I know how to hold 
a very inspiring and positive space for other people. I'm quite an empathetic character. I've served people my entire life. So I thought, right, the way to connect is through a network. So I actually went back to the Scottish government and I asked for their blessing. Um, obviously, they, they weren't going to like put money into a, a, a business that they or a person that they had never met before. So I said, don't worry, I'm going to go back to South Africa and I, I'm going to like start a business network. So off I went. I put a really, really strong and fantastic board together. And myself and Nicola, my business partner at Firecracker, we spent about two months um, putting a beautiful, you know, testing a brand out with people in the business place. We spent about eight months researching other networks in Africa, chambers, associations. We knew that we had to do something different. We knew that we had to look different, behave different and offer a different value proposition. So Africa Scotland Business Network, our value proposition is that we are we are a multi multicultural, multinational network that's born in Africa. It's cross-sectoral and we're just a lot more contemporary and, and inclusive. So we appeal to a large segment of, of the business world through our brand through our contemporary approach to management, through our pricing structures. So we've thought really, really hard about how can we be how can we be a different sort of network? One and importantly, one that appeals to young people. Like Scotland and and, and certainly not to um, polarize large corporate companies. I need them on my side. I need them in the network because they hold a lot of power and expertise um, and influence. So, however, Scotland and Africa are both startup meccas. We needed to appeal to young people. We needed to be a network, particularly in an African context, that welcomes young entrepreneurs. So, and that's what's resulted, Fraser. We have an amazing mix of businesses who are in startup phase right up to African and global corporates. And it's just, it's utterly fantastic to see what we've built in, in just a year. We have 75 companies in our network. We've got a member footprint in 10 countries, um, including Scotland, England. We've got quite a few members in London. We've got we've got a member, a global company uh, from Dubai. So yeah, it's it's really really taken off. And after building the so the first opportunity was to actually think about Africa. The second opportunity was to think about Scotland. So we essentially bridge Africa and Scotland with this tremendous energy and expertise and connections within our network and of course um you know this podcast goes out in the name of the scottish business network of which i'm a a member and an ambassador uh, and you've been i think kind of linking up quite uh, successfully with some of my colleagues what have you been doing on that front yeah absolutely the scottish business network i can't actually thank them enough um we are considered their african partners in um in africa funnily enough um so when we were building the network from africa we needed 
we needed a strong network um, in Scotland. You know, that's not where we operate. So Scottish Business Network, they, they just became our fluid partners. You know, Russell and Christine, they have been the most incredible, um, not just a partner, but also friends and expertise and helping us. They helped us with knowledge sharing, with ideas, you know, they've they've walked this journey before, so it was absolutely brilliant and so pivotal to the success of our, you know, getting off the ground as a new network. So, yeah, we worked very, very closely with the Scottish Business Network. I probably drive Christine and Russell nuts on WhatsApp and asking them questions and, you know, providing ideas all the time. But that's what a brilliant partnership is all about, you know, Putting ideas together, if they if they're going to work, brilliant. Let's make it happen. If not, okay, let's move on. And um, yeah, so everyone who is a member of ASBN, they're they're made aware, even in our in our welcome pack, that SBN is a massive resource and and partner to to them. Well, a, a bit later in this uh, podcast, I'm going to be hearing from uh, a number of ambassadors from the Scottish Business Network around the world and getting them to sort of give us some some of the lessons that they've learned from this, this very odd year that we've been living through. Yeah. So what about you, Claire? I mean, what, what lessons have you drawn from it and how are you looking forward to, to the new year? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been many lessons learned by lots of people this year. I actually spent most of lockdown pregnant. So... I took the time, even though we had to keep the engines turning really, really rapidly, I also took the time because, you know, at one point we weren't allowed outside our houses for nine weeks. So I took that extra time to to actually dive into my consciousness a bit. And I know that sounds a little bit uh, wacky for a business podcast, but, you know, we, we've all got brains, we've all got a level of consciousness and I just tap back into mine, like, what am I doing here? Where am I going? What is my legacy? I started asking myself really, really big questions. And I started expanding my own consciousness to to figure out who I am, what I want, and where I'm going. And I did that. I achieved that. So now I have a very, very strong sense of purpose and what I'm doing with Firecracker, with the network, that's why I'm so confident and knowing where I'm taking this network and knowing where I'm t- taking Firecracker. And like I've said to my, my team, I'm charging forward through December, even though I've got a nine-week-old son and I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old now, I'm charging forward because I've got so much energy to take me towards my vision, even if it is like 10 years away. <laughs> And it's just given me an incredible sense of confidence, belief in myself and, yeah, performance. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to work. And I open that up to everyone that's listening today. You know, if you've got if you've got ideas to work with us or get involved with us or even just say, oh, you know, Chloe, you should do this and do that. I've got the energy for it. So bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> can really hear that energy coming through, which is fantastic. I mean, you, you can't work all the time, though. So, I mean, do you, 
What do you do to unwind? Are you involved in any sports now? Yes, of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so for the past six years now, I've been doing, so I spent one year boxing and then because I'm quite small, I just wanted to like wrestle people to the ground. And I remember <laughs> my boxing coach on Breer Street in Cape Town, I remember he said to me, ah, Scotty, Scotty, you can't, you can't do that in boxing. So I basically got sent into a mixed martial arts gym and I've been doing that for about five years. So that is how I unwind. Um, I can't compete right now because I've just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah it's a, it's an amazing sport it's uh, it gives you the most incredible amount of discipline as well which is also very important um in a business context so yeah that's how I that's how I unwind by basically messing people and punch bags up <laughs> <laughs> wow it's all happening at your place isn't it <laughs> a young baby as well and and what's I mean in in as you probably know, back here, we've this sort of window where we're allowed to, to socialise a bit more with people over Christmas. What What is Christmas going to be like for you in South Africa? What, what, what do you think you'll be doing and what are you allowed to do? Yeah, so it's pretty open, Fraser. Um, we had a very, very hard lockdown in March and April and, and I think it worked. It changed behaviour very, very quickly. It was also enforced by the military and quite a strong police presence. So there was no backing out of, you know, not wearing a mask, etc. And norm and for that reason, we weren't allowed to see our family. You know, I'm I'm with us, you know, the father of my children, my life partner is uh, South African. So we were completely blocked off from our family. There was definitely no way we could get back to Scotland. So Normally in South Africa, people will come to the coast or they'll go into the bush for their holiday. Um, but we're not doing that. We're going to Pretoria, where my in-laws are. So we're just desperate to get get to family. And uh, yeah. Well, you're going to finish with a few little quick fire questions for you, Claire. A little bit, little bit of a Christmas theme to this as well. So you ready? Let's go. Okay. What's your favourite Christmas song? Oh, it's a, it's a throw up between Mariah Carey and the Pogues. <laughs> <laughs> good choices, good, very yeah. good choices. This is not a Christmas one, but who's your hero? Charlene Spiteri. Oh, yes, from, oh, what's the band called? Texas. Texas, Texas, of yeah, course. what a woman. So she was like, she was like a bit of a more savvy version than the Spice Girls. She paved the way for me for like Scottish young women to like find their freedom and their future definitely go Charlene (laughs) (laughs) okay roast turkey roast goose or something else entirely entirely different I'm I've decided to go back into vegetarianism so what so what's it going to be then for Christmas dinner rabbit food (laughs) (laughs) Mm, yum yum Yum. Um, what do you (laughs) what do you miss most about Scotland the people and the culture, yeah, the banter. There's no place like it. And finally, what do you want for Christmas? World peace. Oh, wow. John Lennon would approve of that. <laughs> Big up to John Lennon. Yeah, I mean, I've got everything I need, Fraser. I've got enough for a healthy life. I just want, I just want like, 
consciousness to develop a lot quicker. And I think it has this year. We, we need peace. We need to be kind to each other. Well, that is a lovely message on which to end the interview. Thanks so much, Claire. It's been really lovely speaking to you. Thanks so much, Fraser. I really appreciate you having me on your show. Okay. Thanks to Claire in Cape Town. And we are now going to have a quick trip around the world, hearing from five Scottish Business Network ambassadors reflecting briefly on 2020 from their respective positions in Auckland, Bangalore, London, Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles. Kia ora from Auckland, New Zealand. I'm Fiona McFadgen. I'm a global sales, marketing and communications specialist. The pandemic of 2020 has provided a stark reminder that as human beings, we've always needed each other. Here in New Zealand, we have a Maori proverb, which I'd like to share with you, which captures a very simple lesson, which has never been more fitting. He aha te mianui o te ao. What is the most important thing in the world? He tangata, he tangata, he tangata. It is the people, the people, the people. Wherever you find yourself this Christmas, season's greetings to you and your family, and I wish you all a happy, healthy and prosperous New Year. Hello, this is Tom Thomas. I am an entrepreneur based in Bangalore, India's Silicon Valley, with interests in technology and manufacturing. I am privileged to be associated with SBN as the India Ambassador. The unprecedented pandemic times of 2020 showed us the meaning of the word resilience. It was inspiring to see how countries across the world are working together to build each other up. Here in India, we are bouncing back very strongly after one of the world's largest ever global lockdowns. We look forward to 2021 with optimism and hope that things will become better as a result of what we all experienced in 2020. I am excited on behalf of SBN to let you know about the opportunities existing in one of the world's largest growing economies. Looking forward to being in touch and wishing you the very best of the season and a happy new year 2021 in advance. Hi all, I'm Paul Forrest and I'm a board advisor, corporate financier and a filmmaker based just outside of London. It's really difficult to find the right words to sum up how 2020 has impacted the business community in Scotland and beyond. However, I do think there are some really good standout examples of organisations that have genuinely embraced innovation and have overcome, improvised and adapted to meet with the challenges that many of us have faced over the last 12 months. I wish all of you listening the very best of the season's greetings and I look forward to catching up with many of you in person in 2021 and hopefully we'll be chewing the cud over your current and planned success stories. My name is Ian Houston. I have worked on global engagement my entire career. I'm now involved in building connections between Scotland and the United States and I am a writer. I'm based here in the Washington DC area. In Scotland and in the United Kingdom and the United States and around the world, so many have experienced real hardship, loss, stress, and many grief as well this year. Of this year, families and historians will look back. What will stand out even more over time is not only the courage that people showed, but also the acts of kindness and generosity and charity. The end of a year allows us to pause and give thanks. I wish everyone a joyful season, a Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays. 
Hi there, my name is Lynn McLaughrey and I'm a partner and co-founder of Eversage Associates LLP. We specialise in UK immigration law, so helping businesses and individuals obtain visas to live, work and study in the UK. I'm currently based in Los Angeles, California. And 2020 has been quite a year for anybody in the mobility world. But the one thing it has taught me is that we can't take anything for granted. And at the end of the day, nothing else matters other than our health. So with that being said, I wish you all a wonderful festive season. And I hope that 2021 is full of health and happiness and in-person meetings. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you to Fiona, Tom, Paul, Ian and Lynn. And if you visit SBN Scott, you can see the full list of ambassadors, which happens to include myself, Ambassador of Communications. Before we finish with some music, here is a quick word from Scott Dalgleish and Kendra Byers, the hosts of SBN News. Hello, I'm Kendra. And I'm Scott. We're the hosts of SBN News, the show that provides you with a weekly digest of all things SBN, our member news, and introduces you to some of the business leaders in our community. Yeah, we have new episodes every week at 12 o'clock on Friday, which you can watch on YouTube or our Facebook channel, where we interview two members each week. And from us, a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And apart from me, the last words go to the founders of the Scottish Business Network, Christine Essen and Russell Dalgleish. Hi, I'm Christine Essen, co-founder of Scottish Business Network. And one thing that 2020 has taught me is that you never know what's round the corner, but the power of being part of a strong community can ensure you have the robustness and resilience to get you through the unknown. So if you're looking to grow your business, expand internationally, and be part of a vibrant and supportive global community, why not visit sbn.scot and join us today. Wishing you all a very happy and healthy Christmas and 2021. Hi there. Russell Dalglish, Chairman, Scottish Business Network here. Just a quick message from me to wish you all a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. I'm sure it's going to be a difficult time for you during the holidays, as it is for all of us. But I do hope you see some of your family and the whole period passes peacefully. It's been a fantastic year for Scottish Business Network, so much of it down to your help and support. Our advisors, our ambassadors, our volunteers, our members and everyone else, our partners as well, who've supported us. It's just been great to have you with us all the way through the challenges of 2020. Now, at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned the Alzheimer Scotland festive concert called Home Comforts and Joy. It's being held on the 22nd of December 2020. So if you're listening to this before then, you can go to their website, which is alzscot.org, and sign up to enjoy it online. It's free, but donations are very welcome. And from the concert, here is Chris Tolley performing In the Bleak Midwinter. Have a wonderful Christmas and a safe, successful new year.
To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.